You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, super excited to talk to Rob Giglio on the new customer experience discussing lessons learned to adapt customer experience for the next era of business. Rob is the chief marketing officer at DocuSign, where he leads brand marketing, demand generation, and digital sales. He has over 20 years of industry experience leading and executing global marketing and strategy initiatives. Before joining DocuSign, Rob served as senior vice president, digital media go-to-market and sales at Adobe, where he is responsible for Adobe's Creative Cloud and Document Cloud products and solutions. Rob, we've been talking about it for a long time, but you know I'm extremely excited to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I'm glad to be here. We have been talking about it for a long time, and here we are. We finally got to this day. It's an important day, Inauguration Day 2021. Absolutely. A new a new year, a new start. Everything's looking good. So what are we what are we really talking about here? You know, we had talked about it a, a while ago. There's obviously a new era coming in as it relates to customer experience. Everyone's looking to be more buyer centric and focused on uh, really delighting customers. But we had talked to, uh, I guess, first and foremost, give, give us a high level understanding of, of what the topic we're really covering is. Yeah, well, the, the topic headline is the new customer experience. And I think that's a, a perfect title for um, setting this up in a dramatic fashion. But what we're really talking about is um, all-time customer experiences. You know, we've got a mix today of physical customer experiences and digital customer experiences, sometimes on mobile and sometimes on web, um, crossing from physical to digital. and. I think, if anything, the new customer experience just really implies that there are new ways to engage with customers. And at least for the way I think about it, the old rules still apply using new tools. Absolutely. We had, we had talked a little bit about the importance of trust and transparency within this, this new era. Uh, hit, hit on that for our, for our listeners. Mind synopsizing that? Yeah. Um, I think when, when customer experience exists only in the physical world, it's easy for customers to get a handle on what is the product, what is the service, how do I relate to it as a consumer, how do I think about buying and engaging and using this product. But as soon as we move to a hybrid or even a mostly digital experience, which you know now more than ever I think consumers are facing, the need to be accurate and authentic uh, with your product description, with the product value, uh, be clear in pricing and expectations, uh, just becomes all the more important. And so it's important at the brand level, like what does your brand stand for? Who are you as a brand, um, uh, culturally, societally, environmentally, but also what products do you offer? 
and what should consumers expect? Uh, and I think, again, sort of going back to this, this notion of digital versus physical, when the engagement is so digital in today's environment, it just has to be that much clearer. And so trust is, is always important, but maybe now more than ever, because uh, there are chances for consumers to be misled by brands, and, uh, and that just damages the impact of that brand's relationship, but ultimately it damages all brands that are trying to do business uh, digitally or in a hybrid fashion. Absolutely, I can totally see that, especially the transparency piece. You mentioned you know, several different mediums, and obviously as everyone's moving digitally, uh, often that, that actually is a, a new medium for a lot of folks, whether that be um, you know, sprucing up the website or, or even you know, moving sales from a field sales team to now a, a digital selling team. That's a big shift for a lot of organizations post-COVID uh, in particular. So I can see how aligning all of um, like you mentioned, you know, the branding, the messaging, things of that nature uh, to one cohesive story so that your customers understand who you are, what you stand for, and, uh, and what products and solutions you offer is, uh, is no, small, no small feat. That's a pretty, pretty big challenge. Yeah, no question. I think, um, you know, there's a, a phrase that is used by marketers, um, in particular in the tech space, but I think it's, it's fairly universally used, which is the gauge of product market fit. And product market fit, um, I think, reflects on a couple of different things. One of them is, do we understand the end user and the customer really clearly? Understand their wants and needs, what motivates them, what drives them? And then from a product perspective, does our product match their expectations? Do the features of the product align with what they're looking for? And do the benefits of that product match with what consumers are looking for? And uh, we have a lot of real advantages. I think you know the, the mix of digital and physical allows us to tell more compelling marketing stories. You can really talk about how a product is used when you think about using video to show how you know products could be put to work. Um, that's exciting and really powerful. But at the same time, if it's misused, if it uh, is confusing to consumers, uh, now they're led down a path where they, they think the product's going to do one thing, but maybe it does something different. You know, maybe. Maybe in video they make the product look easy to use, but by the time the product actually arrives to the consumer, it's not quite as easy as they might have thought. And so this bridge between product market fit is really critical. And it's an area that uh, our team at DocuSign spends a lot of time focusing on, making sure that, A, that we start with the product that is easy to use and powerful, um, but at the same time we also talk about, um, clearly in our marketing messages, how could it be put to work? What kind of use cases exist for customers? Makes makes a lot of sense and sounds uh, probably more simplistic than it is an ex executing or putting it into practice, Rob. But um, I love. <laughs> you know, Mark, I, I love... was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say exactly that. That it sounds. It always sounds so straightforward, but <laughs> it's really not that easy. I mean, go look at almost any B two B website um, these days and try to make sense of what their product is. It's challenging, you know, because as marketers, we want to use a lot of uh, powerful words to describe our product. But in the in the sort of effort to make the product sound appealing, sometimes we end up confusing our customers more than helping them. And that's a real, you know, that I think is a pitfall that as marketers and we need to stay clear of. That's uh, huge. I mean, yeah. How do you differentiate, or how you know what verbiage are you choosing to to get your brand across? 
that is compelling, but yet um, easy to understand and, and certainly, to your point, not misleading to the customer. That would be the uh, the worst case scenario from that angle. Um, yeah. So we, I we, think when you know when you know, we talking, think about the go ahead. I was just going to say that you know when you think about the heading of this um, podcast, the new customer experience. Those were the words that you hmm. and I had agreed we would we would anchor on. It actually you know kind of goes back to that that first summary point. The new customer experience is one that's heavily leaning towards digital, and, and as such, you know we're not we're not actually talking to our customers one to one as much as we might have been in prior marketing and selling experiences. And when you're talking to a customer, you're using their language. You're really relating to them in in terms that they can relate to. You're having an interaction. It's going both ways. And the challenge for marketers in this new customer experience is. The customer is not right in front of you at the time that you're publishing a web page or sending an email or, uh, you know, using a podcast. And as a result, it's it's all the more important to be really clear on this this uh, the insights related to your customer. What drives them? What do they care about? What are the words they use to think about the category of the product? And that, I guess, you know, kind of lives up underneath this new customer experience um, challenge. It's huge. I mean, you broke it down beautifully, I think, into the two sections there. You're first and foremost, you need to understand the wants and the needs of your customer. And then secondly, you need to align that to ensure that your product's delivering on those needs and those wants. Well, how do you go about actually first uncovering those needs and wants of your customers, especially to your point where when they're not in front of you, when it when it's uh, a more digital and they're anonymous for, for the majority of uh, a customer journey or buying cycle even? Yeah, well, um, a variety of ways. Um, they might not seem so exciting or, <laughs> you know, earth shattering, but just good old fashioned customer interviews really are powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, you know, recently we've just conducted a round of customer interviews and on the one hand, I think we were apprehensive. We were thinking, you know, this is a very challenging time for a lot of folks working from home and trying to manage work and life and and doing that digitally. Um, and we were worried that we wouldn't get a lot of customer engagement, that they would be too busy or, or wouldn't want to take time for it. But, you know, instead we found the exact opposite, that customers were really happy to talk to us, that they were happy to tell us about their experiences with our, with our product and what they liked and what they didn't like. And, you know, I would just suggest as marketers, um, this is a perfect time to reach out and try to gather input from your customers to find ways to improve your product and improve your messaging. Um, so that's probably the single biggest way. The other way we do, and you know, we're really fortunate because we have digital products, we spend a lot of time on product usage metrics. So our products are instrumented in a way that sends signals to help us understand where customers are having success or having failure in the customer journey whether it's downloading the product or the first use or certain features, whether they're using them at um, high levels or low levels. And we spend a lot of time analyzing product usage as an indicator of customer satisfaction. Um, And then you always have the big macro indicator, which is in particular a subscription business. Are customers renewing at rates that are the same or better than your old rates? Or are they canceling at higher rates or lower rates. And so, you know, we use those as real, um, they're a little bit tailing metrics because by the time somebody's either renewing or canceling, uh, sometimes you've missed those signals. But we use that to uh, monitor in a macro way those trends. And 
I would just say, again, kind of back to this, this notion of the new customer experience, looks like the old customer experience, but with digital. Um, the same thing is true about market research. You know, understanding customers' wants and needs is still just a fundamental marketing responsibility, and we just have to find new ways to do it. So true. The usage piece is, is great. And obviously, DocuSign, uh, I don't know if you guys you know, consider yourselves a product-led growth company. Uh, that seems to be the buzzwords going around now, but uh, I would assume you, you guys fall into that camp. Yeah, Rob? I, admittedly, I would have to say we don't use those. I mean, we, we certainly have tons of buzzwords in our company, um, but that's not sure. a phrase that we have used. I would say... I would say we are a product-driven company, but I don't. I don't think we're product first. I think we're customer first. I would. I would say that the product features that we develop and design, and the direction that we're taking, moving from being just purely e-signature to being more about helping customers manage agreements, which really kind of gets into the contract lifecycle space um, and agreement analytics. All of that comes out of deep customer sensitivity, like a lot of research around what are customers doing to manage contracts and agreements, and how can we build product that will help them. So maybe maybe it's like product slash customer growth company. I don't know what those phrases would be, but that, that might be how I would describe us. I love it. That's excellent. Yeah, there's there's definitely a distinction, right? Uh, I love the, the customer-led um, as, the, as the focal point. And, and that's exactly right. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel. We, we knew this before everyone went digital too. If, if you're not serving the needs of your customers, you know, that's where the phrase the customer's always right comes from, right? Um, Absolutely. You're, you're missing the mark. So it, it, there's obviously more, more challenges though than, or I guess more complexity, I should say, than simply listening to what the customer has and then building it. There's, there's obviously got to be a, a big, I mean, you guys must get a ton of feedback as it relates to features and functionality and where your customers would want to go. You guys have, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of customers, right? So right. at what point, like, where do you draw the line from a prioritization perspective? Where do you, where do you say, yeah, that aligns with our core tenants or where we um, are looking to bring the business versus, well, that might be on the roadmap at some point in time or, or down the road? Like, how do you guys decide that? Yeah, that's <laughs> the real world version of that answer is, um, is pretty gritty because yeah. the real world answer to that has a lot to do with, um, with using the data that we have. Certainly, you know, this product usage data that I described and the customer feedback. Um, but it has a lot also to do with the way we analyze market opportunity. So, we do also spend a lot of time um, analyzing what you would classically call TAM. And when you think about the, the total addressable or the total potential market, we do spend a lot of time trying to understand what opportunities exist just outside of our first concentric circle. And we try to find the intersection between customers are giving us this feedback, customers seem to need this, we, we hear this in the marketplace with here's a big opportunity around business process or business experience or business technology that is really adjacent to the business that we're doing. Um, a good example is we recently made an acquisition of a, of a remote notary service. Now, 
Notary isn't something that's exactly, you know, in the wheelhouse of e-signature per se, because notary had always taken place in a physical world. But there emerging there were emerging legislation around using remote online notary. And so, you know, for DocuSign that just made perfect sense. Like, no, we didn't have a ton of customers telling us that they needed this because it might not have been on their radar. But we did have a bunch of um, customers using e-signature, and we do know that there's a big market opportunity there. And so this opportunity to partner with a really strong uh, remote notary technology so that we could build our own solution that, that sort of matched the best of both worlds was just a perfect example of what you're, um, what you're describing. So maybe that's how it plays out in real world. Certainly there are pet projects. Everyone has things that they're passionate about because they think there's a lot of opportunity. We try to, we try to temper those with data. I love it. You got to back it up. If, uh, what's the saying? I can't, I can't remember verbatim, but, uh, and everyone's got an opinion. If you got data, we'll use the data. If you've got an opinion, we'll use mine. Something like that. Can't remember <laughs> that's a great, that. that's a great expression. That's a good one. I like, I like it. <laughs> I, I think that obviously you guys are a massive, massively data-driven organization. Um, most of the listeners, uh, no one's ever as data-driven as they want to be, right? It's one of these scenarios where you can always use more, you can always get deeper insight. One of the things you were talking about is understanding exactly where your customers are interacting with your product itself. So obviously understanding the needs and the wants that they're uh, discussing with you is is one thing, but um, they might not even know what they're looking for or how it could be better, but you guys might be able to decipher that from some of their usage patterns or, or how they're actually leveraging the product. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. The, we're, um, we are one of many companies that do pretty similar stuff. So I, I don't wanna make this sound like, um, we're the, the one and only company that's that's doing this. I don't think, um, what, what I might say is, I think we're on the cutting edge of a lot of this kind of um, use of data. And let me just, let me back up for just a second and describe what I'm talking about. So at DocuSign, we use something called the data-driven demand system. And what you could think of that as is an instrumented customer experience. So think of it as a customer, a classic customer journey. And you hear marketers talk about customer journeys and, and sometimes there's like 30 steps, you know, leading from some level of knowing what the TAM opportunity is all the way through the sort of buying and consideration steps. And then sometimes those customer journeys stop right there. And sometimes they, they continue. Sometimes the customer journey continues past the purchase and from post-purchase goes into product usage and then ultimately some level of loyalty. And what we've done um, at DocuSign is we have instrumented this customer journey uh, by taking signals that we get, digital signals, from you know what level of traffic do we get, and where is that traffic coming from, and what pages are these customers looking at, knowing that before they're a customer, they're still a prospect, and then they, they do some sort of browsing and buying behavior, and then they do a purchase, and then post-purchase, they begin to use the product. Essentially, what we're attempting to do is um, instrument all the touch points through this customer experience so that we can send signals into automated systems to engage customers to create 
greater loyalty. And that's essentially what we're what we're driving towards is how do we help essentially how do we help our customers find the best product use so that they can then in turn become the most loyal. And we know the best indicator of, of loyalty is increased usage and and higher renewal rates. So it's good it's good for the customer and it's also just good for our business because it's leading us in the right direction to improve features, improve messaging, improve marketing to help customers be more successful. So it's really anchored in ultimately customer success. Um, and so I think, you know, at a high level, it's we this new customer experience is a is a highly instrumented one. This new customer experience is driven by data that then helps you engage. But not every engagement is a digital engagement. You know, sometimes what we've seen is that with customers, the very best thing we can do is reach out to them with a customer success um, leader to try to help them um, get the most value out of the product that they've just purchased from us. And, you know, that's a physical engagement as opposed to a digital engagement. Uh, And we just, you know, we experiment a lot. It allows us the opportunity to experiment through every single one of these steps. Um, And what we try not to do, and I think most companies probably sort of over-rotate here, we try not to only have this be about your classic pipeline steps. I think in many cases, us as B2B marketers uh, really start at, at lead. You know, we sort of think of our customer journey as the lead to maybe a marketing qualified lead, turning to a sales qualified lead, turning to a sales qualified opportunity, maybe turning to a closed deal. And we obsess on only those steps, but those are only buying steps. And um, I think the systems we put in place to, to automate customer outreach and engagement, to send emails, triggered emails and trigger calls, that exact same notion that we're doing kind of deep in this funnel can get stretched to get pulled further upstream in early customer engagement and pushed further downstream down into post-purchase experiences. And so that's, at DocuSign, that's what we're working on with this data-driven demand system. That's, that's amazing. And uh, I've got some familiarity having you know worked a little bit with, with your team there on the, the amount of, you know, data that you guys consume on each piece of that of that funnel. I don't know if you think of it as one very long stretched funnel or if they're <laughs> separate funnels uh, <laughs> for, for the given stages, but um, it's very, very impressive uh, the amount of uh, information that you guys are ingesting and uh, and you know generating insight from to uh, to determine whether or not that that customer is, like you said, you know, ha- happy at the end of the day, uh, or if they're satisfied. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. You're right. It is. It's a. It is a lot of data. We. You know. It's funny. We. Um, we had always used the term funnel, and I sometimes throw it in there, but I think what we're increasingly moving towards is is this notion of a customer experience, a set of customer experience steps, maybe even a journey. And we actually now think of it on the horizontal. We think of it moving um, left to right. And and it doesn't really matter whether you put it horizontal or vertically. What really matters is that we, we think of it as a, a set of subsequent steps and that there are a lot of um, nuances along the entire uh, process, the entire experience, where we can gather data. And having that data can help us be that much more effective and I think um, 
you know, we're really, I think we feel very fortunate at DocuSign that the, the, the team of people who've been running this company for many years and building product and doing marketing all along have, have known the importance of data. And so it's not like we're building any of this stuff from scratch. It's really existed in different piece parts and we just continue to supplement it with new ideas and new technologies. Um, and I think you're, you're right, Mark, like we, we embrace the use of just about every known uh, technology that, that you could try to throw at managing customer journeys. And, and we get incredible ROI off those investments because um, we're intense in finding a way to use them effectively. It's a, it's a very difficult thing to do to break down all the different data silos within an organization, especially you know, a larger, you know, even upper mid-market or certainly an enterprise or strategic organization. Uh, it, you know, I've dealt with a, a lot of um, go-to-market engines and revenue engines on the marketing and sales side. and The complexity around those different pockets of data and where they reside and trying to uh, pull that data from one spot and to align it on a more macro level so that it can provide insight to the entire organization is, that's no small feat and many, many organizations, uh, I would say, uh, uh, you know, are barely, barely scratching the surface in terms of getting a holistic system, as you've mentioned, you know, the data-driven uh, demand system there. Uh, that's that's incredibly difficult to do. So uh, I think you're right, like uh, years and years and years of perfecting it and getting it to where it is now has uh, put you guys in a very advantageous position to be able to better serve your customers long term. Because it's not stopping, right? I mean, no, to your point. No, I mean, the, the exciting thing is the the increased availability of data types um, just allows us all the more power. I mean, when you think about like um, propensity modeling, like the more data you can put into that system, the more effective you can be and the more targeted and relevant your message can be. And so, you know, that's what's exciting is how do we supplement um, the data that we're getting and the signals we're getting both at the individual customer level and then at the segment level to be more effective in messaging, marketing, product experience, product success. It's, I mean, <laughs> you, you, uh, because we've talked about this in the past, you know I love to, to talk about this stuff. I kind of geek out about it. But you know, ultimately, if you could imagine a, a very highly automated system where you, know, you can do this at scale. I mean, it's one thing to do it with a small number of customers. It's another to be able to do it you know, at scale at the, at the hundreds of thousands and maybe you know, millions and millions of customers level. That's, that's pretty exciting. Very, and to be, absolutely, be able to course correct, I think, you know, when you, when you are seeing certain things happen and, uh, you know, there's one thing to gain visibility on that, um, those interactions and those, uh, that customer journey. There's another thing to actually be able to adjust or to uh, steer a customer's journey in a different direction if you do see uh, them encountering some challenges or hurdles or whatever it happens to be. So you're right, it's, it's going to be really, really exciting here in this new era. Um, obviously, being customer-centric is going to be first and foremost, listening to the customers, understanding their needs and wants, aligning the products to be able to fit those needs and wants. 
Um, we can obviously align a lot of the, the best practices that we've learned in, in marketing in the past to this new era of, of digital um, customer experience as well. But then you mentioned so many times, and I, I think it's really important to highlight it too, Rob, that uh, the future of this new customer experience is going to be a data-driven one. And it's going to be one that is uh, that is steered not with uh, opinions, but with uh, with actual data. So the more data you can gather on that customer journey, the better you're going to be, the better position you'll be uh, in terms of acquiring as as well as retaining your customers. I literally you. What you just summarized would be exactly what I wish I could have said more succinctly for the last 20 or so minutes. Exactly. You nailed it, Mark. I've been taking notes on you for a while now, Rob. (laughs) Just thinking about condensing it. You nailed it. You nailed it. Is there anything that that we should hit for for the listeners here that we didn't cover on that would be important for them to to think about or for us to discuss here as it relates to the new customer uh, experience? Well, the only thing that I would um, I would add, because I think we did a great job of focusing on the points that you just made. The customer is still the the bullseye. This is really about the customer. The data is organized around the customer. The experience is around the customer. The product is driven around customer opportunity and current customer need. Um, but the one thing maybe we didn't touch on, and it's probably a topic for another podcast, but I would just I'll tease it here, which is the way you organize to do the work really matters because in um, in prior uh, structures you might have just organized around doing work based on just some particular customer segment like oh we're the we're the SMB team or oh we're the um, enterprise team or you might have organized around a route to market like oh we're the um, we're the mid-market direct sales team Oh, we're the uh, .com team. And I think the challenge with that, if you begin to think about the customer experience as being a set of journey steps, you have to ask yourself, like, are you managing the customer journey? Or are you managing one of the steps in the customer journey? Or are you managing the sales process? And I think every organization will have a different way to think about organizing, but there's no question not um, not addressing the organizational structure and processes, but doing a great job with data and customer, you'll probably still be insufficient. So I guess I would just tease that the last thought, you know, if you ask the question of what's remaining, it's the organizational structure and the processes that support the work matter a lot. Are you are you also aligning them then to specific steps or specific uh, stages, if you will, of the customer journey? We are in the process of going through a bit of a change organizationally where we are focused on marketing vehicles, so what we're calling a global demand center, and we're organizing ourselves by country with the focus being get as close to the end customers from a marketing perspective as possible So not being global in customer touch, not being regional in customer touch, but being country level, which for us from an organizing standpoint is about as close as we can get, but we would love to get closer. And we we recognize that the definition of SMB versus mid-market versus enterprise is important 
for a lot of reasons. But customers don't think of themselves based on their segment. Uh, they think about themselves based on their industry, or they think about themselves based on the country in which they're doing business, or the business that they're in, or the customers that they serve. And so what we're trying to do is, is reorient ourselves um, as close to customer um, structure as possible, but while also maintaining a certain amount of efficiency and just sort of business practice we're maintaining some of the other um, marketing structures, like it doesn't make sense to have search marketing totally um, decentralized at the country by country by country level. So we've centralized search marketing with a lot of input from the countries. And we've centralized email marketing with a lot of input from the countries. Um, but when it comes to like local events, those are very localized. So there's a lot of global support coming out of Global Demand Center, but the execution of it is very local. Hopefully that, that makes sense. That's, a, that's probably a topic <laughs> bigger than we have time for today. But, um, and I don't know that we're, you know, every company needs to think about it differently. Every brand should have a you know, structure that's right for them. But I, I guess my main point is if you buy into the notion of a different customer experience, this new customer experience, and you think customer journey work is the way to go, and you've instrumented it, and you're ready to be automated, uh, you can't remain. You can't stay structured in the old ways. Very true. Yeah, the customer. To your point, the customer is not going to. It's not going to resonate to them to be called. Oh, you're you're an upper mid market company. So, this is your customer journey, right? They. Yeah. Uh, they're a little agnostic to that. So. Yeah, that, I mean, that's uh, one we're definitely going to have to dive describe into. Themselves that way. Yeah, we could we could take it up or sure. maybe maybe find an expert on the topic that's even smarter than I am. But I'd be happy to you know I'd be happy to talk about it more if we want to do it again in the future. Um, it's you know it's it's just a uh, it's one of those things I think as marketers we probably don't focus on nearly enough, which is process and structure. We're really good at thinking about ROI. We're good at tuning the marketing vehicles that we have. You know, we know how to get the most out of content syndication, or we're really great at putting gated content behind a web page in a way that generates a lead form that we can then pass through some pipeline process. We're, we're good at that. Like that's what we've all been trained to do, and, and there's a lot of really good rules of the road. What we tend not to be great at is, hey, how do you structure yourself to do that at scale? What, what processes matter most? How do you measure success? Like some of the more like basic principles of, of just organizational design sometimes don't get employed. So I would just leave the audience with, don't forget about that. <laughs> don't forget about that small but <laughs> massive thing. Excellent. Yeah, right on. <laughs> we, we definitely will have to have you back to, to talk about the new company segmentation to align the customer experience or something like that. That's perfect. That sounds good. Uh, I love it. Rob, we always ask, you know, as we're, as we're wrapping up, um, if there's a couple people you'd recommend to, uh, to do the show with us. Oh my gosh. There's, there are probably so many that I could recommend. Um, uh, you know, one person I would think of that, uh, has just been a great touchstone for me around marketing ideas is um, a person named Ty Shea. Um, he would be good to, he'd be good to connect with. Um, 
I have a really good uh, marketing friend who is now at LegalZoom, who uh, who has spent a lot of time in digital marketing over the years. His name is John Buchanan. He's really strong and, and would, would probably love to do this kind of thing. Um, and then I, I, I mean, geez, I, I think I could probably name like 10 or 15 people. Ty and John would be great. And then uh, I have a very good friend who was, um, who worked with me at Adobe for a period of time, and um, she was recently at um, Shutterfly. Her name is Mickey Miracle, and she would be great to talk to too. And I'd be happy to give you a lot of other names. There's some, I've been lucky. I have a really great cohort of marketers that I think are super talented, and, and I love to hear their thoughts um, and ideas. Maybe one other one I'd throw out is, is a, a person named Jeff Titterton. He's at Zendesk. He's always a, a really good source for me when I have questions, whether it's org structure or technologies. Yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to give you a longer list of these really outstanding <laughs> marketers. I love it. That's excellent. We'll definitely have to have them on. Um, it's I mean having having people like you, you on Rob who have you know been through it and uh, built you know world class organizations. It's exactly. Uh, the people that our audience looks up to and, and looks to learn from. So, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, and enlightening us on this, the new customer experience. It's 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 very exciting topic and certainly one where, uh, to your point, you know, half an hour is not really going to cut it. We, we got to have you back on too. I'd be happy to do it. This was fun, Mark. I appreciate it. How can people get connected to you also, Rob? Is, is LinkedIn the best? What, what's, what LinkedIn works best? LinkedIn is the best. Yeah, I would just say uh, LinkedIn is, is my preferred method. Um, <laughs> my, I don't think this, is, this won't make it on the podcast, but um, I am always happy to connect on professional topics and professional networking on LinkedIn. I hate to get solicited on LinkedIn. <laughs> I think, you know, as marketers, sure. we, just, we just can't solicit each other on a social media platform like that, it's it's brutal. It, it drowns out all the other good opportunities for professional networking and idea sharing and things that, that are more one-to-one -one and more genuine as opposed to like, hey, let me try to sell your company something through you on LinkedIn. <laughs> we talked about trust and transparency earlier, you know, totally. just permeate it through your day-to-day, -day. I, I hear you. Well, again, Rob, thank you very much, and uh, and we'll definitely have you back on. Thank you, Mark. I look forward to it. Um, good luck. I hope this turns out to be a well-listened-to and productive podcast for you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us, and share these insights with your peers.